All right. So, Chris, um, how do I say your last name? What? How the hell do I? <laughs> uh, Marhefka. Marhefka. What is Mar-Hefka. that all about? Uh, it is Czech origin, from what I'm told. And um, yeah, depending on what time period, I think it was like Hungary, Yugoslavia, Czechoslovakia. So it's it's somewhere in that range. So um, Rokas, we're on a time crunch today. We can't just talk. Uh, hey, you know. What's the time limit? Yeah, it's like an hour and a half, okay. maybe. <laughs> uh, so, Chris, what are you all about? Yeah, what's going on? Ah, what's going on? Love and life. You're uh, you're a, you're a changer of things. You you help people. Mm, I do, I do. Um, I, um, I I help people by helping myself. Uh, so yeah, I like to think I, I show up as an example. I give other people permission to be their authentic selves. Um, I was, I was what most people would call a normal guy up until about two years ago and, okay. uh, live in the normal life. And, uh, uh, as an entrepreneur married the house, the dogs, um, no kids, but that was on the way. And, um, and got to this point of uh, not feeling fulfilled with my life, uh, hitting what I refer to as my emotional rock bottom, my dark night of the soul, and realizing there was something more for me. And um, yeah, and I did some 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 deep work, and now I now I facilitate some of that work and um, guide people through some of their own uh, dark nights. And uh, yeah, that's well, about it. Let's yeah. go deeper into that. Deep that's work. a lot. That's a lot. Um, so yeah, what, what did you do once you realized that um, the, well, all those materialistic things aren't what bring happiness? Well, let's go, so let's go back a little bit okay. more. Yep. Yeah. You, Rokas, that's like the next one after Okay, this. okay. Yep. That, go rush. What the hell, what happened to you that, are you still with the, your partner? You're, you're no longer going to have kids. What's going on? Slow down. Yeah, yeah slow down. Um, <laughs> So um, about a year of like really full on transformation work, um, my partner and I did separate. Um, we both did actually the same program, same work, and we're, we're integrating it together. And uh, uh, what we found as a result of that was the, the codependencies that we had uh, cast each other in no longer served us anymore. We had we'd healed that, that part of ourselves. and. Um, <clears throat> we uh led to separating and um now we're actually great friends and um yeah very that was probably the most difficult part about my transformation uh that first the money story second and then everything else um, how old are you 34 mm-hmm. you're an old man i turned 34 I in uh in, in a few days oh happy birthday well thank you <laughs> 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 I never understood the big deal about birthdays until no. I didn't have one for 12 years. And then uh, I realized that you celebrate another year of like survival. Mm-hmm. We what? call it, my, friend, my friends and I call it leveling up. So I'm on level 34. Right now. <laughs> <laughs> Can you imagine a day where uh, you, you uh, back, you know, I don't know, not long ago, making it another year fighting disease and, 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 or war. Uh, that was a big deal. <laughs> Celebration. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Yeah. It makes sense. I mean, a few years ago, so you're in your thirties and this all happened around 31, 30, 31. Yeah. Yeah. I spent 10 years, um, growing a couple businesses and living that quote unquote normal life. That's your normal guy part. That's the normal guy part. And then the, this, this awareness to something more started happening around 30, around 31. And it just, it, it got deeper and deeper. And it was before I even used the word intuition, but there was just like this growing intuition that there was something more, something deeper for, for me in this life. Yeah. It it culminated in, um, 2000, would it be 2018? 
Yeah, to, uh, towards the end of 2018. Okay. It was actually right after Thanksgiving. I remember because I was driving a road trip back from back to Florida with my partner at the time and just broke down, like fully crying, bawling, and just not wanting to go back home. I was like, yeah, I, I don't know what I'm doing anymore. And like that was the that was the real the tipping point that led me to just say, okay, I surrender. I don't have all the answers. I've been proceeding forward as if like I have full control over everything in my life. And it was at that moment I was just like, okay. It was it was uh it was it was just a full surrender to like show me what I need to see, present who I need to learn from, and I'll do it. And Would you say it's kind of like an out of body, out of mind experience, loss of identity. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Every, it felt like everything that I had believed in up to that point, um, it, it felt it wasn't me. And so like, there was this like complete like emptiness of who am I? Um, and what am I here for? <laughs> That's it. That's it. Yeah. <laughs> And you know, I mean, if you know anything about me, that that's something mm -hmm. that I asked myself that changed everything. Mm -hmm. I'm really glad you had that. Um, and your partner was freaking out with you or she was like, I'll give you a minute. You know, what's interesting is that um, we were introduced to someone that um, was really pivotal in this growth. And um, she's now my business partner, Anat Perry. And my partner was a few months ahead of me in her own dark night of the soul. And so she was actually, she had just gone through a program and was making uh, some massive shifts in her life that were more in alignment with what she wanted. And so I was actually, that part of it was pivotal for me in realizing that um, she was doing it and I had the capacity to do it, but I was resisting it because she jumped into the program. I was like, no, that's not it. That's not it. Like I'll go figure it out. And then I was seeing, I was, I was jealous. I was jealous of all the transformation she was making and she was happier. She was lighter. And, um, that really brought me to my, my own personal apocalypse for sure. Mm -hmm. So as with every dark night of the soul, there has to be a resurgence, a rebirth. Um, who did you then become? Becoming, um, yeah, I, I feel that it's um, more and more of me is coming online every day. And um, only by stripping away, stripping away all the things that I learned to believe about myself and others in the world. Um, and who's there today is, is genuine, authentic, open heart, um, and a deep desire to heal this planet, uh, heal the, heal the humans on it. Um, I've in a lot of ways released, um, what I thought life was and allowed myself to simply allow life to unfold for me. And every time I do that, it shows me an even better picture than I could imagine for myself. So it's constantly becoming. Do you, I like that. Do you, do you, and Rokas, you and I have talked about that before being and becoming, you know, there's that, there's that part of us that, uh, is and then there's that part of us that is going to be and that life is the dance of being who we are to being who we want to be but at the same time there's a contentment there it's not like i'm always agitated because i'm not that person yet right i think some people get stuck in that i'm sure you see that every day right um this actually so the conversation actually started because we were you you made a post on instagram you are, uh, you are very active on Instagram, Chris. <laughs> and we're going we're gonna to link people to that. Um, you, we were talking about settling, essentially. Mm -hmm. and what caught my eye was where, 
where in your life are you settling for okay? And yeah. I was, and I commented, me and my partner, Helena, were just talking about that, my partner and I. Um, and you, you look around, we go on these walks every day or hikes, and um, we, we have these awesome conversations. One day we're going to record one of our hikes. <laughs> have you ever said that? Like, man, I, yeah. like, I was like, where did the last two hours go? How do we not get? <laughs> yeah. And we're talking about, you look at a house, you look at a neighborhood. Mm -hmm. And I think this is intuition. You can look beyond the house. You can look through the house. You can see who lives there. Um, you can look at a person as they walk into a room and, and know before they say anything, are you all right? What's going on there? That's intuition, right? Um, and you can see a settling. You can see, I, I think people get to a place they, they just attain status quo, they're alive, they're well-fed, everyone is taken care of, and they go to work and then come home, and they did it, and that's the accomplishment. And there's not that burning desire for more. Um, there's not that becoming aspect. There's just the being. Yeah. And, and, and you, you, uh, you responded back, and I said, well, hell, if you're going to respond back, let's, let's talk a little bit more about that. Mm -hmm. um, Rokas, did I skip over your question? <laughs> um, oh, no, it's been explained. Uh, yeah. yeah. All right. Well, I, th I think that what you're, what you're talking about, like this, this idea of accepting where you're at and also wanting more is a paradox in itself that it's not one or the other. It's what do you – what – can you hold both of them at the same time? And even just the understanding that like much of our life is paradox and like just the learning how to hold both th those things took a long time for me is cause I was always either feeling uh, content and settling or I was just pushing forward from a, a point of uh, wounding, like from like, I'm not good enough. Like I have to do more for, for other people and to prove myself. And so it's the, it's the accepting and loving exactly everything as it is and where you're at. And also recognizing that like we get to grow and we get to expand. Oh, and we're allowed to. Mm -hmm. I love that. We're allowed to. I like that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I think one of my favorite things, um, you know Jocko Willink? Yeah. Mm -hmm. One of the things he says, Rokas, you you still mm -hmm. listen to anything from Jocko or? Uh, not anymore, but I do know. I, I yeah, I was hardcore yeah. Jocko like, mm -hmm. you know, 2015. And then um, I tailed off the kind of, you get it. Sometimes you get enough and you're like, all right, mm -hmm. I'm going to get that for a while. Mm -hmm. um, he said, you know, people were like, why do you wake up? And he's like, because I can. Why do you wake up early? Mm -hmm. Because I can. And I was like, what? <laughs> I, I say that almost like every day to people that I work with, you know, why are we doing these difficult things? It's because we can, because, because mm -hmm. people aren't, some people aren't able to, some people are dead. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And one day we will be. <laughs> mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's like everything that we, we, we choose to do, like, it's all a gift. Like this, this life is a gift. Being on this planet right now is a gift and, and all the opportunities that are presented, like, like we get to do whatever we want and uh, it's, it's only, yeah, our freedom and, and it's only our own judgments or our learning that is the thing that holds us back. Like that's it, period. It's us. It's our beliefs. It's and, a subjective world. Yep. Mm -hmm. more so than like I learn that more every day of like what that actually means but it's significantly more subjective than most people believe it to be right now and I say most people like the greater population um and I'm I'm constantly learning that it's subtle like it's very subtle how subjective things are um when you really go back to what what truly is versus what we say it is and what we say it is, is all man-made. Like, that's all someone's opinion. Yeah, Roka said, do you think about that a lot? Um, we talk, we I'm, still, a I'm still young, so I'm still following, like, the, that's a university thing, getting a job. 
like what examples would you give chris um yeah like for what developed that belief that this is a subjective world what life experiences have you had like significant ones that you could recall now that justify i think that's the right word um calling this a, yeah i like that word mm. yeah chris what why yeah yeah i think um i i imagine the experiences of uh, learning that everything that I was being, every, every thought that I had, every action that I had, um, yeah, the, the entire way that I was being and seeing the world was simply something that I learned as a result of being born in a certain place to a certain set of parents and raised in a certain way. And that is only one option because I can look and see many other options of the way that people see the world, the way that they see themselves, the way that people um, see relationships. In. And so when, when that started expanding to just, oh, this is only the one thing that I've been doing, but like there's one over here and there's another one over here. And it, that in itself, our way of being is subjective. And so when I, when like that exploded my mind, I started like diving into like, how, like, how deep does that really go? Like, like the subjectivity of, um, every action that happens in our life, our response to it is completely subjective, but many people just respond in the unconscious way that they were taught to respond to everything that's happening to them. Um, and instead of that, when you become aware that like this cause effect um, relationship in, in the natural world is like you can condition a new effect to every cause that's happening in your life at an unconscious level. And like that is a choice, like that's a choice to do it. You get to unlearn the things that aren't serving you and relearn new things that do. And it's, it's like every, it's everything, honestly. It is. Um, it is. You're, you're absolutely right. Like, okay, let's, let's, uh, like, Brokaw's file was like, you're an asshole. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I right? use this example all the time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So he says, thank you, right? Thank you. Yeah. If I said that to someone else, they may be like, well, what are you yeah. talking about? Yeah. <laughs> and then some other people may just like snap and they want to fight you and like the anger. And, and so like, every, everyone's response to it is a choice. If you say 10 things, you're going to get 11 different responses mm. in, in this world of subjectivity, your, your experience. I like, Chris, I like how you said experience led to expansion. Mm -hmm. And then, yeah, you zoom out, right? So the monks mm. I trained with would call that the mountaintop consciousness, okay? Mm. If we were on a mountain, the, the city down below is going through all kinds of things. If you're, if you're above and, and, and not, 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 ostentatiously or pretentiously, mm -hmm. but, but beyond, if you're beyond it, mm -hmm. you can see what's going on from a different perspective. Mm -hmm. You can say, I'm, I'm observing this, I see what's going on, but I don't have to react, I don't have to engage, or I can engage, but not in the same way that I used to. Mm -hmm. I, can, I can act Absolutely. with eloquence instead of ignorance. Yeah, and, and the first thing that's useful to that is identifying that there is, a, there is even a gap there. And then once you're aware that there's like a sliver of light, you can continue to expand it to the point to where you can. Like, I love that. I just wrote that down, mountaintop consciousness. It's beautiful because that's like you can observe all of life from that place of like objective awareness and then choosing to engage, like come down the mountain and engage with your uh, with your world in whatever way you desire. I love and that. I think it goes back to the settling concept. You, you're, you're, you look at your life and you could, you could be that way in an objective perspective and say, well, this is what it is, right? Like mm -hmm. this is what got, this is what everything gave me. This is what I do for work. You know, mm -hmm. what I got to my cards that I was dealt. Mm -hmm. Or you could say, no, um, I choose this reality. I choose that. And you, you, you take, um, you literally take reality and, and form it to what, to what you want, right? Your own experience needs to expand 
like every moment mm -hmm. it, it doesn't it doesn't we can settle but maybe yeah. for a few minutes right if yeah, I were that, to settle in this conversation, you know, I'd be like, all right, well, I'm not sure we can get any deeper than that. <laughs> Appreciate it. <laughs> that was good. Got some bullet points. <laughs> more. <laughs> Let's get beyond it. expanding. <laughs> yeah. 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 I, I love that. And, and, I always say that that growth, that expansion is a choice. Like it's a choice. But once you learn like the sweetness of it, like, like once you get through the chaos to the clarity, once you get through the, the, the burning hell and you get to the other side of like the beauty and the bliss, like it's you, you recognize the value of leaning in. You recognize the value of going deeper. And I, I, I imagine for most people, it's it's the first step or the that that hard step that's really keeping them stuck. And even as they get awareness, it, it may just take a certain like amount of awareness, amount of pain. For me, it took a lot of pain in my reality to get me to change. I could have I could have listened to signs like years ago that like I wasn't going in the right like in my direction. Yeah, and I didn't. And so everyone is experiencing that in their own way and it's just piling up more and more and more until it gets to the point to where um, people are ready to take that courageous step of expansion and, and growth. Um, and then it's continuous too. It's like you get to choose. Is this moment a moment of growth or is this a moment, a moment of settling? Um, and just you say you know, in the Eastern faiths, um, it's, a, it's inevitable. Mm. It's inevitable, right? So if you if you're a follower of karma, if you're a follower of um, reincarnation, we are we are bound to run into the very wall that saves us. We're bound to be thrown into the very fire that purifies us, and we don't go backwards. We only have a goofy looking straight line. It's like it, it, it's the same line as everyone else, but. Ours looks a little different. I mean, where are you in that East versus West thinking and where are you going to go when you die? Hmm. Great question. Um, you know, I'm actually just now starting to dive deeper into uh, the learning aspect of this journey. And by that, I mean, is the majority of my growth to this point has been all experiential, like my own N equals one experiment where I've done practices, I've, I've used tools, I've, I've sat with healers, and it's just all been my experience. And I, I, I journal a lot and I reflect a lot. And now I'm at the point to where there's a desire to like dive back into ancient knowledge and like very, um, um, yeah, just, just things that are known that are not yet known to me that help explain the experience of what I'm having. And so that's where I'm at right now. Um, uh, I do believe in, in our, our journey as souls. And I do believe we, we have multiple evolutions of, of life and in the development of our individual and collective consciousness. Um, I, I do have beliefs around how, um, how that happens. And, um, I also don't know, I, I have no idea. <laughs> I don't know anything, <laughs> but, um, there is just so much that continues to make more sense to me about how, um, how we get to, um, develop and expand and grow and how, everything is intertwined like the, the threads of this reality this existence they're they're all intertwined and all the things that are happening are just little flags and just little opportunities and and um pieces that we've maybe left in a previous life or that someone left for us and and just to come and learn the lessons that we need to learn to develop and um yeah, I'm, I'm fortunate to, um, 
I'm grateful to have enough awareness of that. Yeah. Open, obviously flexible, whatever, Mm -hmm. Uh, whatever's going to lead to facilitate your own growth. You know, you're going to give it a good thought as to if you should incorporate that into your daily life. Mm -hmm. Definitely. Definitely. I, I, yeah, that's, that's, I, I lived the first 32 years of my life thinking that I had all the answers and that it was my way. And every moment where I surrendered to, to maybe just maybe not knowing the how it, it always presents itself usually easier and more, um, I hate to use the word better, but like, it's always a better experience than like the way that I was so committed to. And it it absolutely applies to this is like, I I'm open to like so much. I I like to think everything, but I'm so open because I have these experiences where I'm like, previously I would have had a judgment about this thing or this practice or this person or this tool. And I'll just, I'll, I'll dive into it and I'll have my own experience. And if it's useful, I'm like, great keep using this, keep doing it. And if it's not useful, great. It wasn't yeah, my, it, wasn't my tool for right now. It's the Jeet Kune Do of, of life. Mm. You aware of Jeet Kune Do? No. Mm-mm. That's Bruce Lee's uh, method of martial arts. Oh. It, 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 it wishes to take what is useful and um, drop what is not. Yeah. But I want to, I want to so touch on, Ego and not ego for a quick second. I'm, I'm going to forget it because there's so many good things coming out of this conversation. Um, when, when anyone talks about dark night of the soul, we, we end up uh, invariably talking about, you know, what is dark night of the soul? And, and if there's a, a loss of identity, um, there's a, what was, to buy, what was being identified and who was identifying it. Okay. So it, it, then we come to ego and, and that, which is not ego. Is that, is that your experience? Did you, did you learn more about ego and what ego is not and what ego is or no? Yeah, I, I think that has, that is came online later uh, of like the conscious awareness of it. it yeah. Like initially it was, it was in, it was full on intuition. It was a full body feeling without knowing how to explain like what was, what I was experiencing. The first experience I had that gave me some level of um, like conscious awareness of the ego, not ego observer was actually um, it was, it was, like really my first powerful plant medicine experience. And I, I'm sure that's cliche, but um, I, I, I was able to um, observe objectively um, how I was behaving, how I was showing up in the world. Full was, detachment. Yeah, full. De- I was watching a movie. I was, I was yeah. basically just, I knew that I was the observer. I was, I was sitting in the lounge chair in the movie theater and I was watching my life. And that was like the full blown experience of that. Um, but, but there were certainly pieces along the way that there was like, like moments where I would just like step back and be like, Oh, Oh, that's not, Oh. And there was like gradual detachments from it. But, um, that one really made it, uh, as, as clear as, as watching. Yeah. Motion All of a sudden you see the script and, and that you're, yep. you're, you're like, Oh, Chris yeah. is a story. Mm-hmm. This is a story. A story. Mm-hmm. And I was doing the practices to rewrite my story before I was really even before that was that really deep understanding. There was a story like I, I got it uh, rationally. I was like, Oh yeah, that makes sense. Like I learned these things, but like the deep knowing of it um, came probably six months after I really was doing the practices and doing the work where I was like, Oh, and that's normal. Yeah. That, so it, it, in, in, in the way I was trained in the, in the, the levels of the mind in, in an Eastern psychological background, um, we have these filters, right? So we have conscious, which is sort of in the center, uh, subconscious, the basement of the subconscious. All right. So sub of the sub. 
And then in front of that, if there's directional, then we have the superconscious filter and the sub of the superconscious, okay? So we have our intuition, and then we have repeated intuition. We have the ability to access intuition, all right? Therefore, making uh, the flow of life not random, but practiced. And that's where we have superconsciousness and good timing and, you know, becoming one with the universe. So what we, when we learn something, uh, we experience it from consciousness to subconscious. And if we experience it multiple times, it goes into the sub of the subconscious. And then all of a sudden we have repeated experiences of our past and we can repeat our negative or positive feedback loops and intellectual understanding um, doesn't necessarily come first, right? It's an experience that impacts and the shock wave hits the intellect, but then that shock wave has to come back out to the conscious mind where we say, oh, I was detached from ego, lost my identity, and, and then I regained consciousness as a new person. And that could be years later, right? That could be six months later because the, the conscious mind has to wait for our intellect and our instinctive mind and our super consciousness to learn things before they send the information back. Mm -hmm. So that process can take six months, six years, six lifetimes, mm -hmm. or six seconds if there's no, there's no to, or little to no debris in between the filters of the mind. Mm -hmm. And if we're clear, like nowadays, that same experience wouldn't take you six months, would it? Yeah, no. Mm -hmm. It would probably take you a few minutes and you're like, yeah. not that. And then maybe just like a few moments, mm -hmm. like, wait a minute, I can see where this is going. And all of a sudden, information is coming back and forth between superconscious and conscious. Absolutely. That, that, that's been my experience. And I've never heard uh, the levels of the mind explained that way. I, I love this. And um, yeah, I'd love to know where I can, how I can dive deeper into this. Ooh. Um, Ooh. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I want to, um, Rokas, anything before I pivot a bit uh yes um but i don't know if my question is also pivoting so which pivot are we choosing go ahead pivot brother okay um do we always need to be striving for a goal to be fulfilled whoa <laughs> it seems applicable to yes Raj. oh man always coming at it yeah yeah, yeah great great question um uh, it, in my, in my experience, I would say the way in which we describe goal in the Western world, no. Um, the way in which if you were to describe goal as like your soul's purpose in learning in this life, then yes, I believe that I believe that there is a, a reason or a purpose of existence for all of us. And it's different for all of us, depending on where we're at in, in, in our own journeys. So if we're calling goal that, yes. And I think the only way we get to that is to like continue to remove away and, and get clear um, so that we can actually see it because it's everywhere around us. Like it's, it's, we're, we're here trying to, to remember. We're trying to remember why we're here. And so when we start stripping away all the things that are distracting us from seeing, um, I think that each individual's person's uh, purpose shows up um but from but from the perspective of like western goal no i i don't believe so like i used to teach goal setting i used to literally teach methods of it and it's it's coming for most people from the place of the ego or even from the inner critic and it's not useful in fact i believe it's detrimental if we're coming from that place because then we're we're essentially uh sending intention to something that's not our, our heart's true desire. And so when we get back to center, the goals in my, in my experience become obvious. Like my next steps become obvious. Who I connect with becomes obvious when I'm in alignment. 
Um, if I'm setting goals from out of alignment, no, I think it just distracts us even more. Um, so I don't know if that, that answers your, your question, but um, yeah, yeah, I see it. Um, mm -hmm. So I'd like to follow up with that. So what would you say your next step is then? Or I don't know, I guess I can't really phrase it. Like what are your goals now that you're on this path? Or maybe I can, but how would you reply to that? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I get asked that question a lot, specifically mm -hmm. since I was someone who taught future casting and I taught 10 year plans and even, even one year plans. I, the way I think of it now is intentions. So when I think of the direction of where I'm going, um, based on all the information that I have, I'm, I'm working towards an intention of something in my life, in my business, in my relationships, and also accepting that that may not be the plan. That may not be the way. And I go into my life with even every day, every moment with an openness that like when something shows up and I'm tuned into my body, like I know like, like without a doubt, like that's, some, that's the next thing. That's the next person. And so um, the more, and, and the way that I do that, I mean, I, I do like regular and daily practices to be in my body. And um, I find that um, like, like breathing and, and moving meditations and, and contemplation and walking and, and all these things just help with the clarity so that when opportunities show up, because they're showing up for everyone at every moment in time. It's just what we see as opportunities or what we see as synchronicities. And, um, and so I don't, I don't like create life plans for myself. I don't create, um, I have intentions. I, I, I have a vision of what my life looks like, where I live. I have a vision of my, my ideal partner. I have a vision of, of a perfect day for me. I have a vision of the work that I'm doing and, um, I let go of the attachment that it has to be exactly that. And I may not know like what city this place is in, but I know the experience of it. And, and she may not have blonde hair. It may be Brown, but it's like, think like details like that. I, I let go of. And so, um, I, I, I personally don't do directed goal setting anymore. I write visions all the time. So I choose areas of my life and I just, I let it flow from, inside what I truly want in this area. And I, and then I go back through it and I identify where the, the shadow parts of me are creeping in or where my ego is creeping in, in into this vision or where um, I'm allowing other people's shoulds or influence to influence my vision for it. And then I continue to refine it. It's like, it, it's like writing a paper in school. It's a first draft. And then I draft it again as I know more and I draft it again as I know more. So it's not that the vision or the goal is changing. It's just, it gets more refined, the more experience that I have. Um, and, and I find that in, in like my past way of doing things, I was so attached to it looking exactly this way with exactly this number and exactly this thing that I was missing out on everything else that was around me. I like that. Yeah. Yeah, for the trees. Mm -hmm. And over yeah. to you, Raj. That's all my questions, you know. What's that? I said over to you, Raj. That's all my questions. Oh. <laughs> um gosh. Well, I was just thinking about how tough of a of a question that is. And and Chris, awesome answer. Um because you know, when you're when you're following the way, when you're when you're using the path as your as as your as your next step, um, it's it's partially unknown, right? It's it's, mm -hmm. it's partially dark, and and we're hoping that we're bright enough to where wherever we go, we kind of see see the next step. <laughs> next step. Yeah. Mm -hmm. We just had a conversation of uh, something like that with uh, uh, a guy named Fidel uh, Maza. Um, in uh he's in canada right now i think right rocas is in canada but he's from mexico yeah yeah amazing guy and we were talking about 
the in our the coaches and whatever you want to call it in our position uh, guiders it, it, it he said you know it look it always looks like you know the next step right it always looks like you have it you have it figured out and i was like that could <laughs> i might have the next 10 minutes going on but in a sense i'm i'm like everyone else right you're like everyone else we're covered in this field of, of chaos we're, we're, we're covered in in the unknown and uh we, we're just we know a little bit more about who we are and where we are right now and that helps that next unknown jump that helps that leap because we're a little we can we can kind of light up a little bit more of the room we, we kind of our path is is we have a bit of a bigger radius yeah. we're gonna see better but we're still going into a dark cloud. Like we're still, there's, the world is still anomalous in nature. And, and you know, do you feel the same way or, or do you ever lack confidence and then you got to pick yourself back up? Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, it, it's, um, I, and I, you know, it's funny you say you share that because I get the same questions as well about like, like if I always know and like it's, it's, it's always unknown. Like we don't know what this decision is going to bring in the next moment. And if it's the quote unquote right decision, um, the only way that I come back to confidence for myself is, um, when I can say with complete honesty that it's coming from my heart, I know that it won't steer me wrong. I know that I, I know that it will be unknown and it may not be exactly what I think it might lead to, but I know it won't steer me wrong. Um, and so that's, that's just the, to me, it's the constant practice of, of always leading with our heart, always leading with our, our, our soul, our, our internal guide and compass. And the person um, before the, who we were before we, it, 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 it's almost like we did know, right? We were like totally, uh, yeah. you know, it's like, yeah, I got it all yeah, figured, figured out. Before. Yeah. I got the 10 year plan. Yeah. I got done. Just show me the way. Yeah. Right? So it's, it's the same. It's like, uh, it's, it's that which lacks genuine intention is what we used to be. And we used to think we knew more. Now you go through this disintegration process. You end up knowing less Except it's that it's that dichotomous like paradox where you know less and yet that's the most knowing position you could be. And when you can accept that, when you accept the unknown, when you accept the not like I don't know, yeah. uh, it's actually quite relieving, and it it allows you to I call it dance in harmony with the universe and co-create with the universe, um, as opposed to what felt for me for thirty two years of of pushing a sled uphill, of, of wrestling with a bear, trying to get my way. Um, and a, a mentor of mine explains it as like this principle of command and surrender. And it's, it's, a, it's a balance and a paradox. And, and depending on where you've learned to be, you likely need to learn the practices of the other. And it's the commanding, like, hey, this is how I want to experience life, this is what I want. And then surrendering to the how of, of how it's going to come. But, but if you're all you're always surrendering you're just going to keep surrendering it's going to give you stuff but it may not be what you want right 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 proper surrender uh <laughs> is is needed and so what what you're saying on what you're what you're touching on is fascinating to me because i'm building a bit of a diagram of what you said earlier to now and this is ancient mythology the so what you're talking about, the dance, what your mentor was talking about, people thousands and thousands of years ago uncovered these processes, right? And they, they call it by different things. You should definitely look up in your ancient mythological search. We Google Nataraja, if you don't know it already, N-A-T-A-R-A-J-A. -A -A. Nataraja is the primary Hindu deity of life and it, uh, Nataraja is the dancer of life right and we are the dancer and and we're simultaneously performing these actions all right they're fivefold and some of them are creation destruction we're, we're um, preserving that which we create 
we're revealing things and we're concealing things from our own vision. So what I love about ancient mythologies is the very connection that people give to the divine. They're, they're outlining properties to which they see the clearest. So they're outlining properties for the divine in, in, in actuality, they're outlining properties for us, like a, as in a, a complete person. Mm. Um, and there's this reciprocal, you're the divine, I'm, I'm me, but at the same time, this is the being and becoming, I'm becoming you. And it, it only takes, you know, a matter of, of, of self-effort. It's not a matter of relinquishing sins. It's not a matter of, of uh, repenting. Uh, it's just a matter of, of awareness and realization. Yeah. And once you have that awareness, mm-hmm. you, can, you can be and become a, a moment to moment in this, in this mundane to divine, mundane to divine, mm-hmm. uh, using these powers, uh, these fivefold powers, yeah. something like that. No, I love it. I love it. Yeah, that's a that's like a deep understanding of recognizing you are God, God is you, and we all have that. We're born with that. Like that's our yeah yeah, that, yeah. That, that's it. <laughs> yeah, and yeah absolutely. The recognizing and the accepting of that that is the that's the switch, and then everything else that follows the turning that switch is just the refining and the yes. guiding and dancing. But fine tuning your movements mm-hmm. to the dance, but you know you're dancing. You're and, on the dance floor. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's scary for a lot of people, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, you're you're a you're a facilitator of the the horror. Yeah, that is figuring out what you're capable of. Mm-hmm. And we need facilitators for that because uh, it, it's it's extremely. Uh, uh, terrifying, you know, and, and using, using language like that sort of, uh, turns it into, it makes it sound like it turns into hyperbole, but it, it actually doesn't, you know, that, that, that switch is the, the, uh, simultaneously the greatest, but also the most terrifying switch you'll ever turn on in your life. Like, un, you know, unlikely to go back as well. Yeah, and yeah, very unlikely. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, once you learn, you cannot unlearn that. Um, yeah. And it's uh, whether, depending on what you prescribe to, either uh, every much of the way that we live today is either intentionally or unintentionally designed so that you don't become present to that, that, that power, that, that capability within yourself. Um, and so the cards are stacked in the favor of the, what do they say? The house. So the house is, is winning until you realize that once you, once you have the knowledge, you win every time. Like you, you then, I don't know if that's a win isn't really the appropriate language, but it's like, once you understand that, um, all this stuff that you had put energy and, and worry and stress into previous to that, not, none of that matters. Like it does, it just doesn't matter anymore. It's like once you become a fine tuned instrument, you realize that there is no such thing as disharmony. There's just mm-hmm. movement. Mm-hmm. There's just, yeah. movement. there is no, essentially there, there is no, the house doesn't have control over you. Anymore. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. How do, you, how do you facilitate that? I mean, it's something I've always asked myself ever since I had my own, um, dark night and yeah. I remember sitting in an airport uh, I think going to San Francisco from Texas from Austin mm-hmm. um, I remember um, just writing down this some of this dark night experience uh, for my book and I don't know because I get asked this you know can you repeat the experience? Can you, can I have that experience for myself? You know, this is coming from other people. When is that going to happen? And what are the steps I can take to get there? And it's like, you know, I, we're all still figuring out our own dark night and the, the events that led up to it. It was so organic. It's, it's so, 
natural and it's it's it, it's destructive and do you have to be destructive to to get there to grow you know how the hell do you uh come to terms with those questions yeah it's um i mean it's it's definitely the the work that i do and and what i have come to understand in, in working with hundreds of people doing this is that when people are ready the opportunities appear the opportunities are always there it's just when you're ready to see them in that way and and the readiness usually comes out of pain so it's like when you're ready to face all the discomfort in your life that you've been suppressing or hiding or pushing away uh, or protecting from um, when you're ready to face it like when you're ready to to look it in the eyes and say okay let's do this like now's the time and then then the the program or the person or the healer or 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 just your own experience appears um and it was always there um but it's it's uh for for most of like our relationships to ourselves and to others we're always we're walking around protecting ourselves from the things that we don't want to feel we're suppressing the negative things where we're not speaking uh, we're not speaking up for our, our needs and our wants and our hearts desires and we're we're always feeling like we're protecting other people and protecting ourselves when to get to that point you actually have to bring someone to it. Like we always say in our work, you can't save someone from their apocalypse. You can only bring them to it. And the bringing them to it is where that awakening, that healing happens. It doesn't happen uh, sitting a mile away and looking at it and say like, oh, it's, it's dark over there. There's some yeah. fire and some dragons to be slain, but I'm going to go ahead and do the work from, from, from my perspective here is like, no, you have to walk towards it when it scares the shit out of you and you have to walk through that burning forest and like witnessing the dragons that are to be slayed and, and surrender at the same time. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and, and honestly, in my experience, the fear of that, of that walking through the burning forest and surrendering to all of this chaos, the fear of it, is much worse than the actual experience of it. So people are building up and protecting walls all around them so that they don't experience what is simply just sensations in their body that's giving them information to learn from. And when we create safety, and this is how we actually do it, I mean, we teach people how to create so much safety in their body that we can revisit um, any level of traumatic experience and close the loop on what was missing, what you needed in that moment, what you learned in that moment that didn't serve you and rewrite it in a way in the, in, in the deep unconscious that um, is a new script. It's a new operating script. And it's only by creating safety first and guiding people to the darkness that they've previously been avoiding that they get to face it. And um, they get to actually feel it. And so through that process, there is, there, it is dark. It's often dark. And, and so we're just, we're continuing to hold and to keep them in it and feel what's there as opposed to using all the protectors and all the safety mechanisms that we learn as we develop uh, to get out of it. We just keep them safely in it. Um, and once you realize that, all of the, like the human experience of all of these, what we call emotions and put labels to are simply just sensations that we're experiencing the body and putting a story to in our mind. Once you realize like that is what we are building our whole life around of avoiding certain things and, and going after others, you can, you can finally accept them, be with any, any sensation and, it doesn't drive your life anymore. It doesn't drive your decisions because um, there's nothing to be afraid of anymore. When you feel your deepest darkness and you, you dive into your shadows, it's like there's nothing to fear anymore. It's like you're, you're facing it. Uh, from there, it just it becomes levels. It's like the levels of the depth of which you go. But um, most people, they're, they're hanging on really tightly to some belief systems that they're afraid of what it might look like on the other side. That's the only thing that's holding them back. 
Absolutely. Well said, well said. Thank you. Chris, what, uh, what projects are you excited about right now? You got a, you got some stuff going on. Let, let's, mm -hmm. what kind of wakes you up every day? I know it's one of these projects. Yeah. I mean, the, the primary work that I do right now is with uh, training camp for the soul. Um, where we teach people systematically how to identify, uncover, pull out the root and replace these limiting beliefs that people have that are keeping them stuck. And frankly, a lot of people are coming to this work now because the world is giving them a lot more stuckness uh, right now, a lot more. It's, it, we always say you have to stir it up to heal it up, to clear it up. It has to be stirred up before it can be cleared. And so the world's being stirred up right now and it's a perfect opportunity to look at this work. Um, people ask me all the time, like how this, this year has been for me. It's been the best year of my life because guess what? I stirred a lot of shit up last year <laughs> and before that. And so um, I, I went into this year so clear and yeah, things still come up and I still sit with it and work with it. But um, yeah, it's, um, it's a gift to have this work because it doesn't matter what happens around you. There's a perspective that there's, uh, there's a gift in it and it's happening for you as opposed to, to you. Um, and, uh, so that, that's, that's something I'm really passionate about. It, it works and it's a framework. It's, it's one of the best frameworks that I've, it's the best framework that I've found to do this type of work. Um, and there's, there's, I imagine there's tons of them out there, but this is the one that worked for me. Um, Do we have people meeting that we used to meet in person, um, mm -hmm. actual training camp, and now we're holding off on those uh, retreats or workshops? What's, what's, how does that Yeah, work? so we do it. We actually have, it's like a three, we currently have three parts to the journey. We have the, the online program, which is like a three-month-long um, learning and facilitation dance. To where we're teaching people first the concepts to at least open up the door and then um, we give people the uh, group facilitation that they can walk through and start shifting the beliefs um, that are currently there for them and what they learned as a child and then the, the second level is the in-person retreats where we go even deeper we go mm -hmm. into the, the 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 deeper darkness the traumas and and things that are um, still there's a fear to go there um, we do have, we do have one scheduled towards the end of the year and we'll see. It's, it's like we're, we're, we're proceeding forward as we intend to. And if that doesn't happen, like we're, we're completely flexible and like, it's like, okay. In people, Austin. Uh, that one's actually in Southern California. Uh, it's outside of, um, it's like, uh, in the mountains, just East of LA and San Diego. So, mm -hmm. and how many uh, attendees do you invite? Uh, so this retreat, uh, we have, uh, 32, uh, 32 spots available. Um, and we have, uh, myself and the knot were the main facilitators. And then we have eight, uh, eight assistant facilitators that support. And so, wow, quite a staff. Yeah. Yeah. What we found is that, um, and this was just through listening to the people that, um, were coming through our program, the, the third level to our program is our mastery program. It's, a, it's funny to even use the word mastery because we're always mastering, but it's a nine month where we dive deep into how to facilitate this work for others. And whether it's with training camp or in their own coaching uh, practices, it just gives people new frameworks to guide people that isn't very common in the personal development world. Um, and so we, these eight people are in our mastery program. And so <laughs> if one of our listeners wants to sign up, where do they do that? Uh, training camp for the soul.com. So training camp for the soul.com. Um, and awesome. it's got all of our, all of the three programs, they can learn more about them. Um, yeah. And then in addition to that, I mean, like you said uh, at the beginning, I'm very active on Instagram. Instagram is, is my way of um, asking questions and, and learning from people, to be honest. Um, I, I, I don't know if it's, I don't like to, but my intention is never to teach. My intention is to ask questions. And as I learn, um, show up in, 
in as an example that other people can learn from just by being uh, in a certain way. And so I, I do that. And sometimes it's funny. Sometimes it's silly. Like I, I play on Instagram and have great conversations. Um, and then also right now, uh, the other thing that I'm really passionate about is um, doing specifically masculine work as it relates to leading in the world right now. And so I'm, I'm leading some um, men, especially in some uh, new ways of thinking and asking questions that help rewrite uh, what it means to live right now, what it means to have sovereignty and free will and freedom and um, giving people new tools that aren't being talked about. Um, because what I've heard in, in my Instagram interactions and listening to people is there's, there's a deep desire to step up right now. There's a deep desire to change both individually and change our communities, mm -hmm. but there's also a hesitation. There's a fear that's there. There's a fear of it will be too far outside of the norm. It will be weird. It will be judged. It will be wrong. And so in a lot of ways, like I'm feeling called to lead leaders in their communities and their families. And so giving some new frameworks on how to do that. Um, so, yeah. I love it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I've, I've had the opportunity to teach a few teachers. Um, and, uh, it's, it's, uh, it's rewarding because you, you're the, um, you become the grandma to, uh, to a child that produces other children. And also in, in mythological language, um, you know, you, you become the hero in your own journey. You slay the dragon. Uh, eventually becoming the sage to teach and then the sage creates more heroes so that's that's definitely uh, one of the biggest joys uh, mm -hmm. I, I'm enjoying the uh, dancing between the client and the teacher uh, student uh, instead of just the patient yeah mm -hmm. yeah and it, it feels like a natural evolution too as you yeah as you develop like who's called to it is shifts for sure. Um, and, and you get to, it's a, it's, um, it's like a, a conscious graduation of recognizing that, um, the, you know, what I think about is that when I talk about coaching or facilitation or, or guiding, it's like you have to be close enough to the person you're teaching in like your, your development and, and, to be able to speak similar languages and um because if you're so far away there will be a big gap to close and so if you're if you've if you've been mastering a subject for 20 years someone entering in that subject from day one like you're going to have so much to give them that whittling it down to remembering where you were 10 years ago will be challenging and so that's where you get to step in into um, closing the gap with other people that are more that are like in that journey of that thing. And there's no, uh, judgment of that. It's just like where we all choose to spend our time and energy. And, um, and also what I find is, is the best teachers out there is like, they're asking questions. They're not teaching. They're just asking questions. And that's what I, that's my primary intention is like, I don't, I, I openly say like, I, I don't know anything. I'm learning to know my, I'm learning to know myself, but, um, that's yeah, very democratic of you. Yeah. And I, I just get, I get curious. I get curious about my life. I get curious about other people in their lives. And, um, the, I, I believe the most lasting way that we, that we learn is to come to this from the inside out. Um, it's, yeah, it's, so it's it's infinitely more powerful than being told. Um, so, yeah, that's what I'm doing. Chris, I know you have a busy day ahead. I want to give you, I want you to have that yoga break in between this session and the mm -hmm. next. So we're going to cut it there. But I'm going to ask you, uh, will you come back to have another conversation if I call? Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. Good, good, this good. This is amazing. I, I learned a lot in this conversation. And um, I also, 
I was more contemplative than many interviews that I've done in the past. And so I want to thank you for that. You guys have excellent at what you do and excellent questions. Um, I appreciate it. Yeah. Rokas and I are just men in the making is just talking to people, learning and growing. We have to ask questions. As you say, if if you're not asking questions, you ain't learning shit. Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Let's, let's close out there and we will put all of your uh, good stuffs in the description and, and links to that. And Chris, I'm going to text you a little later and um, just kind of invite you to some more stuff where you can read up on those states of the mind. Thank you. All right. Thank you. All right, guys. Talk soon. Thank you.